Coming up, D-backs take two out of three against the Minnesota Twins. What went right? What went wrong? And did the D-backs actually spoil the Twins' chances to win their division? Bringing that down with Sully Baseball next. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. Would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friend. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, we're going to talk to Sully Baseball about the D backs versus Twins and whether they you know, spoiled the Twins' chances as they're about to face off against the Guardians for a big divisional battle. But I first want to talk about the D-backs versus Twins in a solo monologue. So let's jump right into that. D-backs take out the Twins 7-1 on Sunday, and they end up having themselves a pretty good weekend overall as they take two out of three against Minnesota. And when you look at the D-backs this weekend, one of the big takeaways is their offense finally returned to being somewhat relevant because they scored seven runs on Sunday. I think they had seven runs on Monday as well. Saturday was the only night where the D-backs kind of had a blip in their series, and you didn't know going into the finale whether the D-backs were going to step up to the plate or whether they we're going to, you know, maybe continue to struggle like they've been doing a lot recently against bad teams, but no, against a really good Minnesota Twins team who, even after Sunday's loss, is still 38 and 30 on the season, eight games above 500. It was a really impressive series from the D backs. Madison Bumgarner was really good on Friday. Merrill Kelly was really good on Sunday. Luke Weaver was not so good Saturday. And I really want to get into the nitty gritty of this weekend series, but I first want to talk a little bit about Sunday's game because I thought it was a really fun game Sunday Father's Day of course and there was just a lot going on on Sunday I mean Merrill Kelly pitched a complete gem uh, not a complete game but he complete uh, he did pitch a complete gem because seven innings five hits one earned run five strikeouts for Merrill Kelly his velocity was a little higher in this one um, compared to his other starts uh, the previous few starts his velocity was a little bit higher in this one on his fastball and some of his other pitches so I thought Merrill Kelly looked really good on Sunday he looked really locked in and he struggled against the Cincinnati Reds the last week five earned runs we know what happened he looked good in the beginning in those first few innings against the Reds and then kind of started to falter around the third and fourth inning and that did not happen today against the Twins Merrill Kelly 
was pretty much cruising through this Twins lineup. We know Merrill Kelly struggled early in games, specifically the first inning, and he got into some trouble in the first inning of today's game, but after that, Merrill Kelly was locked and loaded, and the offense was helping him out as well because Christian Walker had a huge game on Sunday, and Sunday was just a perfect microcosm of the kind of season Christian Walker is having because he had two home runs, two monster shots, but of course, they were both solo home runs, no one on the bases, and when he did have men on the bases, First and third, nobody out. What did Christian Walker do? He struck out, which is just the perfect microcosm of his season. No one on, moonshot. When there's two men on, nobody out. First and third, Christian Walker strikes out, and he has been bad all season with runners in scoring position. I think he has below like a 200 average and like a 500 OPS with runners in scoring position this season. So it has not been good for Christian Walker in that department. Paven Smith had a home run on Sunday as well. He is now just two home runs shy of his career high of 11. So a lot of good things going on on Sunday. I I wish we didn't see Mantiply on Sunday. I would have saved him for a start where, uh, you know, a a relief where he wasn't coming in when the D-back had a six-run lead, but I get it. The D-backs really want to win this weekend series, and you didn't want to mess around or play with your food, and so Tori Lavella was like, let me put in my best, you know, most trustworthy relievers, and that's what he did with Mantiply, Ramirez, and Ian Kendi, so it was good to see the D-backs get this weekend series, but I did have some overall thoughts I want to talk about from this weekend series, and the first one I want to discuss some takeaways I had from this weekend series is this was Buddy Kennedy's weekend. I haven't even discussed him during Sunday's game during that recap because Buddy Kennedy did have that huge grand slam in the sixth inning where he swung on a 3-0 count. You can talk about unwritten rules. I don't think that's a moment we talk about unwritten rules because it was still a pretty close game, and a rookie like Buddy Kennedy getting the green light there Toy Lovello giving him that kind of trust. Buddy Candy taking advantage of the moment, and he's been taking advantage of his moment all weekend. Buddy Candy, Buddy Kennedy had the grand slam on Sunday, hit a triple and run scored on Saturday, and then with his grandpa on the broadcast on Friday, he got his first major league hit. So Buddy Candy did a little bit of everything this weekend, and he's been tearing up the minor league, so really good to see him make it up to the majors and really inject some juice to this D-back team because like I've discussed, this team has been struggling a lot against mediocre teams over the last couple weeks. I think they really needed some juice and energy and Buddy Candy was the perfect injection of life that this D-back team needed. So it was really good to see Buddy Kennedy come up and make a immediate impact for this D-back squad because I think they surely needed it. My second takeaway that I really enjoyed from this weekend was Alec Thomas finally hitting high in the order now part of the reason why Alec Thomas was hitting number two in the lineup the last couple days is because Ketel Marte has a little hamstring strain and we gotta maybe talk about the D-backs injuries real quick because Ketel Marte seems to have a baby hamstring strain then Dalton Varsha running to first base on Saturday came up limping with a little heel contusion he said it's something he's dealt with throughout his career and he said he's going to continue to play through it even though we didn't see him on Sunday Nick Ahmed is undergoing season ending shoulder surgery so it is the Geraldo Perdomo show for the foreseeable future so we got some big D-backs injuries, but despite Varsho and Ketel Marte being down on Sunday, the D-backs offense was still able to produce. And a big reason is you had Alec Thomas at the top of the lineup, just at the top of the lineup, just being a table setter. It was only one for four both Sunday and Saturday, but I thought he did a great job of putting pressure on the bases and just making things happen when he got on the base, and he was able to 
score some runs as well this weekend. I just like Alec Thomas at the top. Josh Rojas, I think, has been swinging a nice bat as well. So really good offense from the D-backs this weekend. And then the final takeaway that I had, which is not so positive. The first two are positive. We talked about Buddy Candy. talked about Alec Thomas. But this third takeaway, not so positive. And it is what to do with Luke Weaver because Luke Weaver struggled mightily on Saturday. Luke Weaver gave up nine earned runs. Nine earned runs in his first start this season. We know he's just coming back off the injured list. He's talked about changes he's made and the acceptance he has to make to those changes, but Luke Weaver looked terrible on Saturday. 3.2 innings pitched, 10 hits, 9 earned runs, and he gave up a ton of runs in that third inning. 6 earned runs in that third. I think all 6 runs came off his fastball, which was getting demolished. Usually Luke Weaver mostly does fastball changeup, and he mostly threw that on Saturday, but he also mixed in the curveball and cutter as well, but it did not matter. Those Twins hitters were locked in on his changeup and fastball primarily, and there was just nothing Luke Weaver could do and Toy Lavelle just kind of let him out there and just he, he Toy Lavelle just let Luke Weaver take the pounding on Saturday whether you think that's fair or not he let he let Luke Weaver wear it and he wasn't going to go to the bullpen and really you know waste a bullpen arm early he did use Caleb Smith to get some extended relief but he wants to see if Luke Weaver can maybe work through his struggles really give him an opportunity to maybe have a bounce back and, and get back into a little rhythm after giving up the six run runs in the third inning but no Luke Weaver's never able to get back into a rhythm, and he just kept giving up runs after that third, and he looked absolutely terrible, and eventually Toy Lovello had to go to the bullpen. I think part of the reason why he kept Luke Weaver out there, even after giving up six earned runs, like I said, is to maybe hope that Luke Weaver can get back into rhythm and turn the start around and you say yeah you gave up six earned runs through the first three innings and you look terrible but innings four and five you bounce back and you retire the last six batters you face so you can at least you know keep your head high as you walk off the mound but that did not happen for Luke Weaver and the D-backs saw Saturday and it just uh, you know the kind of game that you want to just erase from your memory but overall I don't think the series is one that you want to erase from your memory because the D-backs won it it took two out of three and they looked really good Friday they looked really good Sunday so a very positive weekend for the Arizona Diamondbacks and next up they got their you know one of their biggest foes in the San Diego Padres and I think Manny Machado left today's game with a little ankle sprain. It's Sunday's game. I think he left with injury. So there might not be no Manny Machado. We're going to have Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres on the pod tomorrow to discuss the series. So it's going to be a fun series against the Padres for the D-backs. And hopefully they can keep the momentum going that they just had against the Twins into this weekend against the San Diego Padres. Now, we'll talk more about how the D-backs really took it to the Twins this past weekend, but I want to tell you about a little boost that I need every day to start my morning because I need AG1 to start my day because without it, I just wouldn't have the energy to get through it because AG1 is just one delicious scoop with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all those things. And the reason why I love it is because it's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, free. It's compatible for every lifestyle, costs you less than $3 a day, and it has over 7,000 five-star reviews so you know it's reputable. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements.
supplements to look out for your health, then make it easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash MLB Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into that pod with Sully Baseball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB Locked On Diamondbacks crossover, as we do every Monday, as our, I casually call it Mondays with Millard. Who am I, Mitch mm-hmm. Album? Ladies and gentlemen, every Monday, your pal Sully, that's me. I'm Paul Francis Sullivan, normally the host of Lockdown MLB. This Galoop right over there, that's Miller Thomas. He's normally the host of Lockdown Diamondbacks. We get together to go over the weekend's games, see with the state of baseball, and inevitably yap about something we didn't plan about. This show, as you hear my dog just outside, is being dropped on the 20th day of June 2022, and that's not insignificant. I'll tell you why in just a moment. And you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Hey, Miller Thomas, if people are making Lockdown MLB their first listen, then their second listen should be Lockdown Diamondbacks. Tell people where they can find that. At Creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or look up Lockdown Diamondbacks, both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Okay, well, look, at, we're going to go right off the bat here mm-hmm. uh, and, and talk about what turned out to be kind of a significant game involving, drumroll everybody, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Hey. And hey, uh, you got Christian Walker's got some big power. Someone oh, yeah. by the name of Buddy Kennedy. Buddy. Oh, wait, Christian Walker homered twice, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. Uh, Peyton Smith homered. Mm-hmm. Buddy Kennedy. I wouldn't recognize Buddy Kennedy if he came in wearing a T-shirt saying, hello, my name is Buddy Kennedy. But Kennedy's hit a big slam today against the Minnesota Twins. And look at no one's saying the the Diamondbacks are going to party like it's 2001 or even 1999 for that matter. But the Diamondbacks are not a pushover team. They're only right now. They're only what four games under 500. And despite having kind of a rough couple of weeks, the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. they have won a couple of couple of quality games, uh, including winning the series against the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, it was a nice little series for the D-backs who, like you said, have been struggling against these mediocre teams with the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Cincinnati Reds, really the whole NL Central, the Chicago Cubs too, have been giving D-backs trouble this year. But against the Twins, the D-backs finally stepped up. We saw Madison Bumgarner on Friday had some great pitching. Merrill mm-hmm. Kelly today had some great pitching. Now, we did see Luke Weaver have his first start of the season on Saturday, and it was just more mm-hmm. bad Luke Weaver. And now you're like, what do I do with that guy? You look at Paul Goldschmidt, what he's doing for the Cardinals right now. 
now and you see yeah. Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver, you're like, ah, man, that, that's a serious regret right there. But the D-backs had a great weekend. Christian Walker, just the perfect microcosm of the season for him on Sunday because he had the two solo shots, like you mentioned. But first and third, nobody out. He strikes out in Sunday's game. So Christian Walker, big-time power bat this season. He's like top five in baseball in home runs. But runners in scoring position, he can't do it. He used to be the backup first baseman for Chris Davis in Baltimore, and he's basically yeah. turned into Chris Davis. A lot of home runs, but in terms of when you actually need him to come through a runners in scoring <laughs> position, uh, he doesn't do it too often. So the D-backs had a big spoiler weekend against the Twins, a team where you don't really see too often because of the interleague play there in the American League. But I had a really fun weekend and a really fun time because going into Sunday's game, D-backs were one-on-one with the Twins. I didn't know if they were going to continue to struggle like they've been doing recently, but they stepped up to the plate and they took down Minnesota. Thank you, D-backs. And thank you, yeah. Buddy Pendy, who had a great weekend at a Grand Salami on Sunday. Yeah, tell people about who Buddy Kennedy is. I'm yeah. loving me some Buddy Kennedy. Yeah, maybe I buried the lead there by not talking about Buddy Kennedy. But he, he's just been a dude that's just been in the minor leagues, and he was never really rated as like a top prospect for the D-backs, even though when you look at his numbers, it's kind of like Seth Beerish. You're like, this guy's batting 290 with a 900 OPS, 20-plus home runs in the minor leagues. Like, why does he not have more acclaim? And as soon as he's called up, he starts to put in work immediately on Friday's game. He's got his whole family in the stands. His grandpa's on the broadcast. And what does he do with Grandpapa on the broadcast? Buddy T- Buddy Candy gets his first major league hit. Today, he got his first major league home run with the bases loaded. He had a triple on Saturday. He has a hit and a run scored in every game this series. Buddy Candy has been the juice and the energy the D-backs have needed because, like I, like we keep saying, they have been struggling against bad teams the last two weeks, and Buddy Candy injected the life that the D-backs desperately needed this weekend. He is. I'm going to say I'm going to I'll just say it. He is the second okay. best player in baseball from Millville, New Jersey. The second okay. best. Yeah, the sign. We know who the first best. I know first who the best first is best. First best is Mike Trout. We're going to get to Mike Trout in a second because he had a weekend too. Hey, for graduates of Millville, New Jersey, um, this was quite a weekend. But yeah, I mean, first of all, he's he's come up. He's only 23 years old. He's played, what, three or four more games in the major leagues more than I have. Mm-hmm. But he has you know, given the team a little bit of a spark. And, you know, it's important. For teams like the Diamondbacks, who are trying, who are building up, they had a, obviously they had a dreadful 2021, and they're playing in a division where yeah, there are three very good teams in this division, but they're holding their own to a degree. They are not. There are there are a slew of teams who are on pace to lose 100 games. I mean, we're going to talk about the Pirate game because it was a it was a great story happened in the Pirate game today. But the Pirates have lost. Uh, I think it's 12 of their last 13 games or 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 12 of their last 14 games. It's something ridiculous like that. And they're in third place. That's the third place Pittsburgh Pirates because three teams in that division are minor league teams. So you see, despite the fact that, yeah, the the Goldschmidt trade does not look like it's going to work out and look any images of Astum dancing in your head for Luke Weaver might be gone maybe he could transition to the pen you know maybe i mean look at you wanted him to be the next adam wainwright but if you could get the next jesus i don't know um who's a decent middle who's a decent like i was gonna be like I was thinking like maybe like Nafalti uh Feliz back with yeah, the Rangers. Nafalti Feliz or yeah. the way it was uh um Jeremy Affelt. Jeremy Affelt was with the Giants all those years. Hey, you know what? You can do worse than having a a, a player like that. And do you want I, I know there's been a lot of chatter whether or not Madison Bumgarner is on the trade block or not. Mm-hmm. 
I, you know, I'd rather they they'd rather they keep him. First of all, Bumgarner doesn't have anything to prove in the postseason. He's obviously in the 2010s. He put together one of the great postseason runs in baseball history. But also, you know what? If you're trying to put together something and be somewhat halfway decent on on the field, you know, keep your former World Series ace and see where it goes. Yeah. I'm just Bumgarner at 20 million a year over the next couple of years. I'd rather just move off of him and put some young guy there or someone else. If he was, you know, a little bit better, or maybe if that contract was a little bit cheaper, I would agree with you. But because he's been so good so far this season, and I really think it's because of the Brent Strom effect. As soon as Brent, as soon as Madison Bumgarner is not with Brent Strom, I think he's going to go back to looking like he how he looked the first couple of years in Arizona, where he really wasn't a very good pitcher at all. So I would trade him right now while he's still good, while he's at the top of his game, while he is, you know, with those rose-colored lenses of the Brent Strom effect, and trade him while his value is at the highest peak. And get good value from like you got for Goldschmidt. Is that what you're saying? How's that working out? Hey, I don't. Okay, but you think if Bob Garner gets traded, he's going to all of a sudden enter the Cy Young conversation because Goldschmidt's looking like, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably going to happen. He's going to inevitably be traded to St. Louis and and throw back to back no hitters. If you want to bet on the Twins possibly winning their division, because we're going to talk about that next, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, all right, all right. Let's wrap up the pod. Um, with the effect that that had, other than keeping, uh, you know, sort of serving notice for contending teams, I'm sure when Minnesota looked at the schedule and saw Arizona was coming up, they thought maybe that was, you know, they're going to win two out of three, and they didn't. And the interesting thing is that the there's a team that is coming at the Minnesota Twins full steam ahead. And everyone thought it was going to be the Chicago White Sox this year. And lo and behold, who's only one game back of the Minnesota Twins in an extraordinarily winnable division? It's not the White Sox. The White Mm -hmm. Sox are still sub 500 at that point. What's in a name? The Guardians. The Guardians are on an absolute roll. In fact, let's just go back for a second here. I'm going to baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. I'm there right and now. On May 29th, May 29, okay, less than a month ago, the Guardians were five games under 500. They just lost the series to the Detroit Tigers, who, mind you, are not good. Mm-mm. And they lost that two to one, and the Guardians fell to five games under. Floating around there, also a sub 500 at that time were the Boston Red Sox and the Atlanta Braves. But I digress. 
Since that day, the only one team in in the American, actually only two teams in baseball have had a better winning percentage. And one of those teams is not the Atlanta Braves, who went on that incredible winning streak. Only the Yankees were 16 and one since then, which is that's a whole other thing. Wow. And the Phillies, who I bet you didn't realize this are 15 and four. Whoa. I guess firing Joe Girardi wasn't the worst thing to happen to that team. Cleveland has been have won 15 of their next 19 games. And they are doing so with everyone thought Cleveland was going to pitch well, and they are, and they have pitched very, very well. You know, Quantrill's done well. Bieber's done well. McKenzie's done well. Their bullpen has been absolutely unhittable. Uh, but they're also they're getting an MVP caliber season from Jose Ramirez, whose MVP candidacy is increased by the fact that he's leading that offense, and right now they're in a playoff position. But, you know, they're getting some decent at-bats from other players, uh, including Andres Jimenez, who was part of the Francisco Lindor trade. But look at this. Look this at may yet be – dare I call it an Indian summer? No. Dare I call it a Guardian <laughs> summer? Yeah. But uh, the Guardians have dusted themselves off and are saying thank you very much, Arizona Diamondbacks. And, you know, I'm going to be covering this more, more closely on Tuesday's show. But those two teams are going to face off in, you know, this week. So mm-hmm. what do you Early. think about the fact that the American League Central might be a dogfight and the Chicago White Sox are on the outside looking in? Yeah, early battle for the division coming up with those two teams matching up. Um, but do you think, I don't know, how do you feel about this division in general, though, as maybe being World Series contenders? Because even though the Guardians are playing well and the Twins are playing well, I just don't look at them as potential real World Series contenders or anything like that. I think they're still very good, feel good stories. I'll let you jump in real quick. What do you want to say? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't think they're better than – I don't think the Guardians or the Twins are better than the Yankees who are playing on a completely different level. I don't think they're better than the Astros. Over 162 games, I don't think it's a comparison. But okay. what if one gets hot in a division series? What if one pitching set – how do you beat a team like the Yankees you or like Houston? You throw a pitching staff at them that flummoxes them. That's what happened last year when Atlanta defeated Houston. Houston scored at will against Chicago and Boston. And then they couldn't hit that that bullpen. Cleveland has the kind of bullpen, the way that Atlanta had last year, the way that the Kansas City Royals had in 2015, that if you're behind in the sixth or seventh, call home, get the Uber. You're not, you're not scoring off of them. And they will scratch and claw enough runs to be able to make it work. Would I favor Cleveland over say New York or Houston or even Tampa Bay or Toronto? Not necessarily, but the, the ingredients for an upset, especially for a team that has nothing to lose um, in, in a short series, I think it would be a lot harder to beat a team like uh, New York or Houston in the best of seven, but in the best of five, you win one of the first two games then you win one game at home and you've set up a you've set up a one game do or die yeah. with, with probably a superior pitching staff. I, I look at Cleveland is a very interesting team if they make it to the postseason, if their pitching staff remains this solid. And again, I'm not necessarily saying they should be favored, 
But any team whose strength is pitching like that has to be given at least a puncher's chance. Yeah, I don't want to diminish their success by only looking at them through the prism of can they win the World Series or not? Because I still think they, I think they're having a successful season. They've been playing, you know, over the expectations I had for them coming into the year. And like you said, their rotation is pretty good. Shane Bieber is a beast. Their back end of the bullpen is pretty nasty as well. I just feel like their offense has a ceiling on it once you get through the postseason. Just because I don't think you're going to be pitching to Jose Jose Ramirez as much when you get to the postseason. You're going to try and make those other guys beat you. But Jose Ramirez, I mean, you make them VP case for. Him. I think one of the most underrated aspects of his game is he currently has 11 stolen bases. This is like one of the thickest boys in baseball. And the fact that he just consistently swipes 20 to 30 bags a year. Like, I don't know how he moves so quickly with that body frame, but it's absolutely phenomenal. But I just don't like this division in general. I just think it's more of a feel good division than anything. And I think they will be competitive. And once we get to the postseason, they will probably knock out one of these teams that we think are better than, you know, the Twins or the Guardians. But I just can't see those teams to win the World Series right now, but they could change my expectations and maybe they make some trade deadline deals where the Garden try to add some pieces to that lineup or whatever. But I think overall, this division is more about how they're overperforming in terms of their expectations and just having a full, uh, having a feel-good season overall and just, you know, building that foundation to maybe making a World Series over the next few years. That's it for this edition of the Lockdown Diamondbacks podcast. Thank you to everyone who tuned into today. Thank you to Sully Baseball for the crossover. Mondays with Miller. We got, we're definitely going to have part two and part three with Sully Baseball later this week. We got a crossover with Javier Reyes of Lockdown Padres coming tomorrow. So check that out. And don't forget, the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Lockdown NBA Big Board, as well. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today after you make Locked On Dimebacks your first listen. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!